0: Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a Paradox.
1: This is Paradox, and I'm Josh. And I'm Jimmy, and today we are talking about a common occurrence, very common, virtually daily. We're
2: guaranteed this occurrence in Scripture.
1: Occurrence. Can I get an amen? You can. Praise hands. Not from me, but you can. Oh. So we're talking about when storms strike, the storms of life.
2: Like Jesus walking on the water, amen.
1: Storm-tossed lives of lives were storms. When God
2: doesn't make sense, when bad things happen to good people.
1: You just quoted Dobson. <laughs> you know, all you say, is, that's all I do is quote Dobson. <laughs> so when God doesn't make sense, when storms hit us, we're talking about this in our families. Um, because, oh, okay, this is quiz. You brought up Dobson.
2: A quiz for me on Dobson?
1: No, but this is a quiz for you. Quiz yourself. Into every life, some rain must fall. Amen. Who said it? It's
2: so hard to see when my me. eyes are on me. When my eyes are on me.
1: Henry Wadsworth Longfellow.
2: Oh, not Dobson? No. So said, now you quote yourself, Dobson and Henry Wadsworth Wadsworth Longfellow. Longfellow
1: said, "Into every life, some rain must fall." And speaking of scripture, you brought it up. God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. So to your point, yes, Scripture said it's happening. In this life, you will have trouble. Amen.
2: It it wasn't this, in this life, all good things will happen. Mm -hmm. You know, he promised storms. Yes. So we're talking about them.
1: You know, the problem is many times when this happens, parents don't have any margin whatsoever. We're We're just maxed out. Yes, Lord. So when one of these bad things occur to us, and it can be something from... Some accident, some health thing, some catastrophic... Virus across the world. The coronavirus.
2: We're recording this in late February. So potentially when this releases in early April, half the world... Could be dead. So we don't know.
1: I mean, we could have... It could be the walking dead when we walk out the door this morning.
2: I already have my shotgun on me. I've sawed it off.
1: I just have a surgical mask.
2: Oh. That's not you don't that think shotgun when you think Walking of the Dead
1: <laughs> it was an overreach, but that and that is a really good example that sometimes we're just reactionary. Even though these things are going to happen, we know they're going to happen. We have so little room to to respond to things that we're that we haven't had scheduled that sometimes we can become very reactionary.
2: Well, it's it's a, we're so as parents. I'll speak for my midlife group and young parents. We're just in survival mode. It's yeah. like work and we need to pay the bills and we need to make sure our kids get into sports uh, at a small level. Even it's just working out at the gym so they can stay fit. Mm-hmm. And so we're this taxi and we, oh, we got to get them to church and we've got to pray with them. It's and like. And then you
1: throw a monkey wrench in the back. Stepping
2: patch. one step ahead of the other step at all times.
1: Yeah. And then when something happens, boom. As we've said so many times before, as parents, we set the emotional tone of the home. Our our kids are going to freak when we freak. Our kids are going to be calm when we're calm, for the most part. And so when something like this happens, and I hate to say this, it's not simply about you surviving this getting out of it with the least amount of damage, because yeah, that is absolutely part of it. <clears throat> but there's another part of it for a parent, and that is not only surviving and making the decisions necessary to to overcome and get through this thing, not only that, but as a parent, and, and probably an equally important job in this, this whole affair of how you handle this storm, is how do I model to my children how to handle the storms of life. So it's not just handling the storms of life. It's what am I modeling to my kids as to how you handle the storms of life? Because we don't want to teach them, or we don't want to model fear. Because again, you just the, the the scripture is just chock full of. I think it's over three hundred times in scripture. Fear not. Do not be afraid. And so there's a reason. Because the Bible also talks, I don't know, quite a bit about faith and fear being the opposite of faith. So we don't want to model that. We don't want to model that our faith in God rises and falls due to the circumstances. We're just, we got so, I mean, faith is pouring out our ears when things are just fine. But when things aren't fine, where's the faith? Sure. And... But can I interrupt you? Oh, yeah. I would say, though, that it's a it's a balance. Yes.
2: In that, obviously, to your three-year-old, you don't need to be, the sky is falling. But potentially, to your 17-year-old, you could reveal, and certainly to your 25 Mm, or 30-year-old, you could reveal a little bit more. And so it's not this bootstrapping mentality of, I've got to show that I'm tough here. And in fact, even if they're three or five or six, there are times where like a tragedy occurs, and the kid's feeling a lot of different things. And if they only see a blank slate Correct. from parent, yes. they're going to think they're weird. Yeah. Because I'm feeling things. Yeah. And so it's this balance yes. of not being... The only thing coming to my mind is Stuart Litter, Little, <laughs> but he's not the sky is falling. Who's the sky is falling? Chicken Little. Chicken Little. Stuart Little's the mouse. Not Stuart. It's Chicken. Chicken Little is the chicken and Stuart Little is the mouse. He's the mouse. <clears throat> We don't want to be Stuart Little, okay?
1: No, we don't. <laughs> no, because then we w- eat way too much cheese and <laughs> the, the calories but would just...
2: We don't want to be Chicken Little, but there is a balance. Yes, there is. Revealing Because you want to be emotion. authentic. Correct.
1: Because I don't think faith is playing like... I remember this guy in college and I knew that he'd lost his job. And I said, hey, you know, how you doing with the, uh, with the job time? Do you, do you have a new job yet? And he said, "Well, in Jesus' name, I have it." Okay, so that means no. So, do you have a <laughs> job? And I said, "I mean, I'm curious. Are you getting a paycheck Friday? I mean, I, I'm, this is a fairly simple question, and I don't think that's mean. That that's what we ought to do. Correct. We don't shouldn't deny reality and just you know just be this uh, um, you know this 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 Christian robot that just spits out. Gosh, because I had another kid." whose mom died, and all the dad did was just spout Christian bumper stickers. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of things going on. But, I mean, that kid just rejected that out of hand. So that's great point. That is not what we're talking about. It's because faith is authentic. Faith is in the midst of the fray. And that doesn't mean, you know, you just grin and you through all of this. Uh, however, we can, I believe, authentically reflect faith During these times of storm to our kids.
2: And I like your point as far as kids, you setting the emotional tone. Ultimately, that happens because your kids look to you for their own reactions emotionally. If you can think back to your children and specifically, you know, when they were toddling around and falling down, when something happened to them, like let's say getting hit by brother or sister or tripping, Often, before they ever cry, they look up to you to see whether there's concern on your face. Exactly. And often it can turn them into, okay, this was no big deal. When you reflect, you're good, babe. You're good. Just Mm -hmm. get up. And so before they react, and it's most easily seen as toddlers when we're younger, they're going to
1: look to you for how I should respond in this situation. Am I hurt or not? What are you pointing at? I can't hear you. Oh, I know. But I'm standing because my new Apple Watch... Told me I needed to stand.
2: Oh, my God. So, he's not on the mic right now.
1: So, I'm standing because of my new Apple Watch. It buzzed me, actually. I have a ring that I need to close.
2: A few years back, we did a... I have a ring that I need to close. A few years back, we did okay, an stood. episode on materialism.
1: Mm-hmm. And yes.
2: that week, I got my new iPhone. <laughs> And all my buddies pointed that out.
1: And I got my Apple Watch. Again, back to Scripture. And there's a ton of them, but I, I would I would say that that these are the four points. This is this is our how to survive a storm action plan as, as a family. That this is how we're gonna handle it. And this is again for as a believer, this is how we're gonna handle it, because we're handling it according to scripture. But we're also this is how we model hey, guys, this is how you handle the storms in your life uh, as well. And it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6.
2: You're you you're about to, obviously, you're about to jump into solutions, but I want to say something real quick. Oh, Lord. You ready for here it? Here it comes. What? And potentially you've already alluded to this, but it's easy to be a Christian on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. and when you get a big raise and when all your kids go to, college next to you and then live down the street and all the world is perfect Mm -hmm. but like the storms this is when faith is enacted yes we spend all of our moments building towards handling this type of situation with faith yes so many of us though insulate and we raise our hand and praise the lord again you've already said this in the good times but then we freak our freak in the bad Every minute of every day and the scripture and the prayer reading and the uh, prayer reading, the scripture reading and the praying Mm -hmm. and the listening and spending time with God, all that is building towards
1: this moment. Handling this. This is when we come off the bench and get in the game. Correct. So this is the thing. That you've been doing all this preparing for. There was an old poster in the 1970s and it had a little kitten. And the kitten was just hanging by this. I don't know what it was hanging from, but it was hanging by one paw. Maybe um, a thread. Yes. PETA would have shut down this company for having that photograph because apparently the kitten would have fallen. The caption of this poster was faith isn't faith until it's all you have. And it's critical. You, know, you know, uh, um, uh, Ragamuffin Gospel. Or we went Maness. Brendan Manning.
2: Brendan Manning. Nice. I thought I was right.
1: No, you didn't. The Ragamuffin Gospel, uh, Brendan Manning. Well, M- Brendan Manning was famous for a quote that's not actually in the Ragamuffin Gospel. But, you know, when he said, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but when Christians worship and then they leave the church and deny him with their lifestyle, that that is simply something that an unbelieving world finds unbelievable. I think that was DC talk. Yes. And so when our kids see us sing about faith and take notes on a sermon about trust and faith, and we do a small group thing on trust and faith. and then when the fat hits the fire, we just run in circles screaming that we're all gonna die. That's something that children simply find unbelievable. And so it is. It's this great. Not only are we to work our way through a life storm, but we' we're, we're sort of mandated to model to our kids, how to do this thing. What is faith and how do we demonstrate it? And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. If we you mean just...
2: there's something that tells us how to do it?
1: Yes, there is. Oh, wow. So the first one, of course, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is trust in the Lord with all your heart. So when this thing is happening, we trust God.
2: Which means you've had to have had a pre-existing relationship to trust Him. Mm-hmm. We don't trust things we don't know. Yes. We don't trust things that we're unfamiliar with. So again, all the practice of just spiritual discipline stuff is imperative, so that we can trust.
1: Why don't we park downtown and just pitch our keys to just a stranger on the street? Because we don't trust that person because we don't know that person. To your point, Josh, and it's and it's it's foundational to this. Maybe we have maybe we run in circles screaming the the sky is falling because we don't know the person that we're supposed to be trusting. Amen. So we haven't spent the time. We don't know. We don't know his word. We haven't walked the walk with him in his steps. And so one of the reasons we have a hard time trusting is because we don't know the person that theoretically we're supposed to be trusting when the storm hits. The second one is, and it's sort of. It goes with trusting, is where we're implied. This is rule number two in handling storms in our family, and that is to lean not upon your own understanding. Where ever does it say anywhere that life is supposed to make sense, that it should be rationally discernible what life is and how life operates? It doesn't make any sense. And when we can't see what God is doing, that doesn't mean we run in circles. We d- we don't have to understand it. We just have to trust. We have to trust. It, it's it's the the Indiana Jones where he's supposed to walk across the the bottomless pit, and he throws the dirt and sand out, and that reveals where the walkway is. But you've got to step out. Stepping out over the abyss is 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 trust, and it makes no sense at all. If you relied upon your own understanding, you wouldn't have taken the step.
2: Yeah, that's interesting because a lot of people, most of us rely on our own understanding. It's Mm -hmm. just a natural thing to do. Yes. But a lot of us also don't trust ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting that we we don't have a healthy enough relationship with ourselves to trust us. And yet we, I'm just actually spitballing here. This Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with what we're talking about. It's just interesting that we rely so heavily on our own perspectives and yet... A lot of us don't trust
1: ourselves mm-hmm. in really important situations. Isn't that odd? Okay. And that's a train wreck rating to happen. It
2: is. And, and, and I think that speaks to many things. But maybe one thing, we're all over the place. We're fallen. Mm-hmm. And one minute we feel one way and the next we feel another. And so it's, it's interesting that we choose to trust that. And there's only one constant in this life
1: mm-hmm.
2: and how we struggle to trust that.
1: Yeah. The third rule in handling storms is in all your ways, acknowledge him. So if we, what do we do? What do we do? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Rule number three, in all your ways, acknowledge him. We tell people all the time, the verse for marriage troubles or individual, tr- in all these things, we, we always tell people the theme verse here is Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that you're worried about. But what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to All these things he will take care of. Your job is to seek first the kingdom of God. So when the storms hit and it's confusing and you don't know what to do, that's what people say when they're in the midst of a storm. They'll say, "I I don't know what to do. You acknowledge him in everything you do. You seek first the kingdom of God. If you're wondering, what do I do in this storm? You acknowledge him in everything that you do. And then lastly. I'm just riffing. Sorry. Okay. Several years ago, and I think I've spoken about
2: this on the the phone, on the (laughs) podcast before, uh, but Ruth, there was a storm that hit, a literal storm that hit. One time she was at a pool and Mm -hmm, like umbrellas, pool umbrellas were like being flown about and it was very scary and traumatic. And to this day, she doesn't like when it necessarily rains too hard, Mm -hmm. but. There was a period of time where, like, if she saw a cloud, she wouldn't go outside. As her dad, you want to sensitively walk her through that, but...
1: But you, like, spanked her with a belt and threw her out in the rain, didn't you?
2: But, like, my sinful self was like, you dummy. It's a white, fluffy cloud. Get outside, is what I was truly feeling in my heart. And while that's a sinful thought, and God would never have that about us... It's a very similar dynamic that's happening when we freak out in our storms and God's up there and go, you dummy, Mm
1: -hmm. it's a white, white fluffy (laughs)
2: cloud. It's going to be fine. There's literally no storms outside. And so there will be no tornado due to this white, fluffy cloud and the the, the, the sun shining. And so it's a similar dynamic and acknowledging him, trusting in him is essential, and it's something that we ask our kids to do for us. Trust me, baby, there is no tornado outside, and yet it's something that we struggle to do with our
1: Creator. Yeah. You know, r- rule number four for when storms hit from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it's it's the payoff. So it's like, well, if you trust and you don't lean on, on, in your, on your own understanding and you acknowledge Him in everything you do, it's like God is going, if you'll do those three things, then God will direct your paths then God will determine the outcome. So it's, it's virtually like a no-lose. If you're in the midst of a storm and you trust him, even though it doesn't make any sense. You and You would ag-
2: sounded very Calvinistic when he said he'll determine your outcome. Thank you. Have you switched the game up?
1: No, no. But if I was you, I would be sweating BBs as to whether you make the cut. So <laughs> I'm just saying. But number four That he will determine your paths, that's the payoff of trusting, whether you understand or not, and acknowledging him in all you do. And if you do those things in the midst of a storm when you don't know what the outcome is going to be, then it's a no-lose outcome because he will determine it. Now, whether he determines the outcome according to what we want or the exact opposite of what we want.
2: I think it's much more... Determine or make your path straight. It's much of an emotional, more of an emotional experience. If you look at Jesus in the garden before he's crucified, he's going crazy over this whole thing to the point of sweating blood. Mm -hmm. And he's like, please, I don't want to do this, but your will be done. Mm -hmm. And I think in that moment, even though it didn't work out like Jesus wanted, his path was still straight, his Mm -hmm. path was still determined. And Mm -hmm. it was more of an emotional peace Mm -hmm. that Jesus had living inside of God's will. Yes.
1: And Jesus, and weirdly enough, is like the perfect example, because I love the garden portion of, of Jesus' story, because that's when he is shown to be this, He, you know, we always say he was 100% human, he was 100% God, but we just really focus on the 100% God part of who Jesus was. But in the garden, we see him, is there, you know, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to have this happen. I know we talked about it before the foundations of the world, but, I mean, we're down to either fish or cut bait, and it's going to hurt like all get out. So if there's a plan B, I'm all ears. And then when he's hanging on the cross, why, God, have you forsaken me? I think that's what he didn't want. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to take sin on and separate from his father,
2: have that separation. That was a lot
1: worse than the physical pain. pain. Yeah. When the storms hit and they're going to hit. There's no such thing as this life that just trips along. So they are going to hit and when they do, not only are we tasked with go- going through this storm, but we're tasked with modeling to our children yep. how a believer goes through a storm. Yes. And scripture tells us to trust in God with all our heart. Don't lean on our understanding. Whether this makes sense or not. Our job is to acknowledge him in everything that we do. Yes. And if we do those things, he promises that the payoff of this storm is the outcome is his. And it was what he determined. Uh, And we say, okay. And and that is uh, once again where faith comes in, because whether it happens the way we want or the way he wants— we trust that.
2: Slash in parentheses, if by the time you're hearing this, the coronavirus has hit and half the yeah, world then is then we're gone, all doomed. So all of this And it's moot. like, we don't know, actually. So good luck. We'll see you on the other side. If you want more information about this episode or any of the things previous, it's paradoxpodcast.com. You can also find us on our socials there. We hope you have a good rest of your day. See ya.
0: Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox Evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to JulieLylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com.